Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Wonder Women in Business podcast. Today's guest is actually an ally in the fight for equity in the workplace. I always like to have men on to hear their voices and, and see what they're up to and how they are helping to create equity in the workplace. Super excited to have my friend David Turgeon on today. David, welcome. Hi, thank you so much uh, for, for having me on. I, I'm really happy to, to be here and, and look forward to talking about it. Well, great. So folks, you know, I don't often know my uh, guests and I like that. I can get to know them on the recording. But today's guest, I happen to know his wife is a good friend of mine. It's so great to know that her husband is an uh, ally in this fight. So tell us a little bit about yourself, David. Well, yeah, I'm not sure where to start with that, but you know, it, in, in uh, regards to your the the ally in women, I am immersed in women. Um, I have a wife, a daughter. Um, I have <laughs> I have nieces out here, uh, sister-in-laws, uh, mothers. There's there, I am I am yeah, I am immersed in women. So you're swimming in a sea of women. <laughs> I'm swimming in women. Yeah, there's women everywhere. So. I love it. That's when well, I get to see my father-in-law once in a while. It's it's nice. <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm a mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You'll break. But I'm a I'm a mergers and acquisitions advisor, and I've been doing that for you know over yeah well in nearly 15 years in one capacity or another. What does and, that mean? Uh, I sort of for I those sort of group. What does that mean? Yeah, well, in layman's terms, it means, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm engaged in helping uh, owners uh, sell their companies, business owners sell their companies, and also, you know, other companies uh, buy other companies. So it's, it's, it's a marketplace for where businesses get uh, bought and sold. Well, let me uh, ask basically. you this. Do you think the coronavirus is going to make that um, more you know, active that, that, you know, your business is going to get busier in this sad state because people are having to sell businesses or no, or is that not impactful? Uh, yes. Yeah. A huge, huge impact um, in one way or another. There's uh, now there are, I mean, if we would have had this conversation uh, a month ago, you know, last year I was selling a company, that was in uh, the concert tour um, uh, staging, and it didn't sell. It, it all came apart in January after after about a year's worth of work. And think about it now: that that entire industry, there are entire entire industries that are now unsellable, just over what happened in the past yeah. month. And at the same time, there are new opportunities. And things that are growing, and you know, we're seeing things in, in, in anything in the medical field regarding testing, regarding you know, uh, treatments of these things, drugs, vaccines, chemicals, um, you know, healthcare products. That stuff is is in is suddenly in much higher demand. So there's always there's always opportunities and and lost opportunities, no matter what is happening. But generally, when times when things are worse and the economy is worse, owners are more inclined to sell, which is not really the best way to go about it. Um, you know, I think it's, it's counterintuitive, but usually 
when things are rolling and the economy is really going strong, your company is going to do that's the time to sell it. But it's not how most people approach it who are in business. Yeah, it's hard to let go. They're really uh, bad and they have to sell. Yeah, it's hard to let go when your stock is high, huh? That's when you need to walk away. Right, right. That's when you need to do it. You got to, you got to, you know, and it, it's almost like the stock market. You, everybody really wants to, to hit it when it's really, you know, when it's at its peak. Yeah. But um, obviously there's a fine line. Well, let me ask you this, David, you know, what made you want to do this for a living? Like what compelled you to do what you do? You know, I think it's, I think it's something that, that, that suits your personality quite a bit because, you know, and this, this, this is a very low pressure, long, um, uh, you know, time frame, uh, horizon type of cell. So, and you get, you get very close to the person you're, you know, you're, you're working with and the company you're selling. And it's, it's not like you're, I, that's, that tends to suit my personality. You know, I, I like to, I like to get, you know, um, I like to get close and have a, you know, good relationship like that. And, and I like the complexity of it. It's a little, it's more challenging than uh, it draws on so many, um experiences that you've had or so much education that you've had in the past so it, there's there's a lot to it that i think you know your your personality has to be suited to that i think so and you're think you're, you're saying it's the type of sale that's more longer term and you end up building a stronger relationship with people that uh, probably is longer lasting because this is a big deal this is a really big deal when they trust you enough to uh, sell their life's work, you know, so that's awesome. That's right. It's a, it's a huge, it's a huge deal for the sellers in particular on the buying side. Where I think where the trouble comes in is um, companies that do buy, they do this habitually. They do it on a regular basis and they have a completely different understanding of it, a different approach. And yeah. I think this is this this is where the challenge comes in. It's almost like a yeah, family. Yeah, it's all viewed much differently. Is it like a family who had, uh, built their home, or grandpa, and grandma built their home? They've had it in their family for years, and uh, when they go to sell it, they want someone they that you know they care about to buy their home. But if a flipper, a house flipper, comes along and buys the home, they're not as invested in the emotional side of it. It's more of a transaction. So would that be a good analogy where sometimes buyers who do this all the time, they come in, it's more transactional, but for the sellers, it's very relationship, uh, very emotional. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yes, that's, that's true. That's, that's, that's true. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, this is more, this is much more numbers driven and yeah. data driven than, than uh, even that. So yeah, that's true. That's, gotcha. true for, that's true for sure. Well, I would want to work with a person I knew and liked and trusted. And so, you know, I would want to get to know you personally. How do people um, benefit directly from you being there? Um, I guess you're the agent of change, right? You're the, the, what do, what do we call you? The broker or the, what, what's your title? 
Well, yes, I, I am. I am the. I am the broker. I did, we are. I'm an investment banker. I'm someone who is their their agent. Right. And I think you know, first first and foremost, to me, it, it, this is the biggest thing. Is I'm a fiduciary. I have a. You have to work with a fiduciary. It's a very high ethical responsibility you have to the seller, and 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 that I can't emphasize that enough because there, the 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 sale of a business is just rife with head games and deception, and it's 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 hard to put that into 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 proper perspective until you experience it. You, there's the things that and the the things that you really get an education in in human behavior and you know what the lengths different parties will go to to try to, to you know to try to gain advantage or to get something at um, at a lower price or you know it's um, it's really it's really pervasive and these transactions when they do work out it's because it's usually because you have two parties that are are pretty ethical and pretty pretty straightforward it's 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 so the the trust factor you know it's hard to say you don't go around saying trust me you know it, right. you, know, you never trust the person who's who's right. saying that but <laughs> that's that's something i work ex- extremely hard at at conveying you know that that I could be trusted. I could be trusted in this transaction, and yeah, you know, it, it's the same for both parties. They have to be trusted, trusted parties. I don't know how it works. So I have to that. tell you, uh, it, sounds, you, it sounds to me like trust is a, a you have to exemplify that behavior, and they have to recognize that in you. You can't go sell that. You can't say, "Hey, trust me," you know, um, because people won't. Right, you have right. To exhibit that. Right. Behavior. No, of course you can't. Right, you can't. Yeah, it takes you. You know, it's 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 almost like fishing. You know, you have to you have to be so patient in building that trust. It could take it. It's taken it's taken multiple years to build trust with you know you know with with clients. You can't just walk in, and you can't just walk into a place and say, "Hi, I'm here to sell your business." These 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 people will not trust you with that responsibility. It, it takes it takes sometimes years to cultivate that. And even then, you know, sometimes in some of the some of the transactions, yeah, there was a there was a seller who we were about eight months in uh, to the transaction, and finally he opens his desk drawer. And this is after I, I it took me a year, it took me a year to win the the engagement, and he opens his desk drawer and he says, "Look, I got all these checks in here. I wrote to myself, and I've never cashed them, and it was hundreds of thousands of dollars." And he, it, it took him, that's something he should have told me very early on, even even prior to the engagement, he should have told me that. But he didn't feel comfortable trusting me with that information until we were eight months down the road in the engagement and, and a couple of weeks away from signing the purchase agreement. That's interesting. Wow. And there, wow. So, so there's still things coming out at the very end that they finally yeah. trust you with. It's almost like you've already gotten in the boat with this guy. He's rowing the boat. You should have told him that before you got in the boat. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's, what I said. I said, why did you tell me, sir? Right. 
what did he say? Yeah. What he didn't. He you? didn't say it, but it was something. You know, it, it's it's difficult when there are there are. It's almost like it. You have to pull back the curtain from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's not always pretty. It's not yeah. always pretty what you see in there, and that's you know I I try to. I try to make them feel as though, listen, you know, I, I, I like the honest conversation. I, I, you know, you can be honest and I appreciate that. I think the, the honesty really helps you in your case. Even with I bias, always say, because, David, that um, feedback is a sign of respect, positive or negative. Feedback is a sign of respect. Well, let me ask you, how would your friends describe you? Well, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, you never know. But I, I, there's something, there's something I've noticed in in some of my communication with a number of my friends recently that that has stood out to me. It's something that I I take a lot of pride in. Uh, I've I have friends, you know, since I grew up in New York, I had friends from across the country in different places. But a number of my friends, you know, we we text back and forth. And um, I, I noticed that some of these guys referred to me in the text as their brother. They would say, hey, you're my brother. And it's, you know, it's probably, it's more than half a dozen guys. And I didn't prompt that. And that's something that I, that's something that I take a lot of pride in. And I, I feel very, I feel very uh, honored to hear that from some of my friends. And that's amazing. basically the biggest compliment I think a friend, you know, uh, can say to you. And, that's a big show of trust. Know, yeah, it is. It is. And that's really what I, what I seek. You know, that's the type of friend I seek to be. I seek to be that, that brother, someone that, you know, someone you can be honest with, someone you can trust. It's just an extension That's awesome. of the business, too. What a great I compliment. Yeah. That's a really great compliment. Well, let me ask you it's something. It's an awesome compliment. Yeah. I feel very... With respect to M&A work, what are the most common misconceptions owners have about selling their own companies? There are many. There are many. And it's, um, it's, it's really... It's really a challenge to to get these across and and uh, you know try to try to get ahead of the curve with owners on some of these things, but they have a lot of misconceptions, and I and I would say you know in a general sense, first and foremost, they often overplay their hands, and like many like many you know like in the case of law or some or other other similar fields there's often this uh, mentality that it's not that difficult and they can do it themselves uh and or it's it's very similar to real estate it's it's not similar to real estate in a number of ways and uh you know real estate is different in the sense that a property is taking money out of you the longer it's on the market. And it's usually something, you know, you don't want it to sit on the market. A business is much different in that it's putting money into the owner's hands. 
So it's not something that they need to unload. And lots of, a lot of times what they see is they don't really see the gain on the sale. They see the loss of the monthly income, which, which can be, you know, to them, it could be 100000 a month, 200000 a month. They see the loss of that. So they feel like there's an unlimited amount of time. There's an unlimited amount of buyers. And there's not. There's a very finite group of buyers. The time window is not as is not as long, nearly as long as they think. So there's there's a tendency to hold out and just just drag it out as long as possible and in and hoping to get the perfect deal. Um, but buyers, you know, there's a feeling that buyers need this. They will always be there. That's not that's not the case. Buyers are very uh, are very uh, what, what's the phrase? I mean, they they are they can be flippant about the about the business. They will they will quickly move on and and disappear. And it's a it's a very small marketplace where where companies actually have that kind of cash are actually actively looking at this time. It's it's a lot of money to to buy a company, and uh, those buyers are those buyers are not prevalent there's there's not a lot of those and oftentimes they might not be in the market for years david so you're you're let me ask you about the yes. buyer um do you have an opportunity to do sort of an exit interview or find out why they made the decision like you said they're flippant they move on do you have a chance to learn more or get feedback from those that leave or say no um you know, I mean, when you've spent so much time with them, you, you generally know. And I, I think it's always, it, 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 the majority of times it's because owners overplay their hands and, and don't really um, understand the, um, the value of the company. In, yeah, in a number, in, in a quantitative sense. Right. Yes, they they right. They don't understand it in a quantitative sense. Right. And they don't understand. It. They they think like a story will or will suffice over over real data. It, it, it's not the case. You don't need a bona fide CPA firm uh, to get involved in the transaction. There's so much stuff that needs to be taken care of right out of the gate with you know, a CPA firm and and. In preparation. Being a good salesperson um, means being open, honest, and direct. But I always say, and I always say, I should say, that you lead with a compelling story because that evokes emotion, but you make certain to back that story up with data. Um, you have to have both. Yeah, that's true. But otherwise, I, 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 the story part is important. But they both have to be there. They definitely yeah. both have to be there. Yeah. Because, well, let me ask you this question right. before we close. Um, what if you could do or would have done something differently in your career? What would that have been? You know, I would, I would break up a lot earlier. 
been in a lot of bad marriages in business, especially in some of these um, in some of these transactions. And there's there's a tendency to you've invested so much time in securing an engagement and going through all the all the motions of an M&A transaction and you have a lot invested. You have a lot of time and energy and effort invested. And you are very reluctant to walk away from a situation that isn't going anywhere. It isn't going to conclude. And I think I think I would have I would have gotten divorced a lot sooner. Yeah. So I'll say that we talk about that a lot. Um, it used to be, oh no, you have to stay somewhere at least a year, but make it look good on your resume. I think that's, you know, BS because why stay unhappy? You're not happy. The employer knows you're not happy. They're probably not happy with you. Get out of there and start anew and let them hire someone who's a better fit and let you find a better fit for yourself. So I'm with you on that. I say cut bait and run, you know, <laughs> don't stay it's in a bad. True, but it's, it's, it's true in theory, but it's tough in practice, you know? I mean, and, you know, we tend to be, and our family tends to be, we are, you know, I, it, it, it's a good trait and a bad trait in this business. I'm very long suffering, very patient, which you have to be in this field. You have to be super patient. It is like a fishing trip, but on the other hand, that could be your, your own detriment too. Right. Um, too, you know, you need I to. wanna tell you something that I probably shouldn't, but people who know me know I'm gonna be open, honest, and direct always. Um, I was at a very miserable place in a very um, not happy position and I should never have stayed. I, I left after a year and a few months. And when I was going through my hard drive at home, I actually found a resignation letter that I had written three months into the job. So there's a huge sign right there that I should have left earlier. So as you say, divorced uh, the, the, the company or firm um, earlier, much earlier. So I had forgotten about that resignation letter and a year and a half later when I found it, I was like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? Definitely. I mean, and nine times out of 10, you're going to, you're going to wait too long versus doing it too early. Sure. I think we're conditioned to, to, to do that, but I've changed my song for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Since my focus is equity in the workplace, how do you think men can help women achieve equity? Um, well, I, in, in this field in particular, there, it's a pretty level playing field in the sense that it's it really comes down to money. It really comes down to who has the money, and and it's it's also a business of action. So it, it really doesn't, you know, it's I, I've learned quite I've learned that it really doesn't matter what people say if they don't put out a letter of intent if they don't go through the motions of drafting a purchase agreement and putting that out. It doesn't matter what they're telling me. If the actions don't correspond. So I think if the equity is 
can be found just by treating women exactly the same in that in that in that capacity and, and treating them no differently than any other buyer or seller that you that you would represent. You know, I'm I have the next generation. I have a daughter who's eight. And I'm trying to I'm trying to pour everything into her. I'm trying to teach her. I would love to see her own a company and be able to build it and be able to sell it or acquire some other one. And, and I think I'm very supportive of any women that are in that capacity and, and have that opportunity. I think it's, there's some catching up to do because because of the generation a lot of owners i deal with started by maybe buying a semi and then growing that into a transportation company or buying a piece of equipment and taking that to the next level and expanding that into they just grew out of necessity but i i think now there are a lot more women-owned companies and there will be a lot more women selling as as they reach that age where they need to get out. And usually, usually you're dealing with, you know, a lot a lot of owners are in their 70s, and they're at that point. Yeah, they've had it 25 years, and they're and they're ready to go. Yeah, I think you're right on the generational so, point. Um, I talk a lot about the operating systems are all operated by white males, but that if you look at history, that makes sense because that's where the power was. And I think it's when the, the white males start to sponsor women and other minorities that we will um, gain more equity in the workplace. So people like yourself who um, sponsor people like your wife or daughter and make certain they have equal opportunities, that then we'll see a shift. So thank you for that. Well, let me ask you one last question before we say our goodbyes. And that is, if people want to reach you, how can they reach you? They can reach me at uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, David R. Turgeon. They can reach me at Chapman Associates. I'm a managing director at uh, USA.com and also at Jillian.com, which is which is my own company. That's and awesome. Can, uh, that's J I L L I O N dot com. That's awesome. And I'll put all that in the blog that I write about you, David. So thank you so much for spending time with me today. This was a great conversation. I know I learned a lot. Um, I didn't know much about what you do, and now I know a lot about what you do. And I certainly would trust you if I were a business owner looking to sell my. Uh, business, even if it had been, especially perhaps if it had been family owned for years and I built it from the bottom up, you seem to me like you love what you do. And I know for a fact that you're good at what you do. So thanks so much for sharing and for being with us today. Thank you, Susan. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Well, big Thank hugs you to your wife. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Sure you'll, you'll be talking to her soon. All right, thank you. <laughs>